create a budget that you expect your employees and your staff to spend. Okay. So what I would argue is that if you get to the end of the year and you have extra money left in your budget, yep. then I would ask, were you able to accomplish all your goals? Yep. Welcome to the Dime Podcast, where we share our two cents about five questions to help simplify your business so you can focus on your mission. I'm your host, Neil Smith, and I'm joined by founder and CEO of Dime, Ben Habeck. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, today we are talking about preparing for a new fiscal year. Uh, for some of us, we don't even know what fiscal means uh, or a fiscal year, and so we're going to talk about that. But before we get into a fiscal year, let's talk about it personally. When, when you transition to a new year, is there anything you do personally? Yeah, so we're, I don't know, my wife and I are pretty intentional people. So we're not not—we're not Uber where it's like, you know, tracking daily expenses yeah. and doing the weekly spreadsheet and all that stuff. But we're, we're pretty intentional about our, our vision as okay. a family and yeah. our, our strategy really yeah. as a family. Yeah. And, uh, it may be overkill for some, but it's, it's what works for us. Yeah. We have a family vision. Okay. And we have family values. Okay. And we have our family values. We got them printed up on a oh. cool looking sign and put in our in our uh, house. And we talk about those with our kids on a regular basis. Wow. So no kidding. I was my kids got their report cards. Yeah. You know, we went through them yesterday at at dinner, and we were going through them. And I I asked them, "Did you do your best?" It's one of our family values: do always best. do your best. Wow. And uh, they both said yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but it's like, we're, we're constantly bringing those things up. Like to, one of our values is we need to rest, always yeah. take time to rest. Yeah. So how, you know, Asher, are you resting? Yeah. What have you done to rest? We talked about that last night too. So wow. we're constantly, so every year, my wife and I, we usually travel for the holidays Yes. and it sounds totally weird, but when we're traveling back yep. from either Ohio or Michigan or wherever, yep. when we're traveling back, we usually have a a several hour long conversation about hmm. what do we want the next year to look like. Yeah. So it's usually the first week of January. And if we don't travel, then we, we take time to just talk about it. Yeah. And, um, what do we, what, what went well last year and you know, what did we enjoy? What were things that we didn't enjoy? Yeah. And what do we want next year to look like? And, uh, we write those things down on a piece of paper and we try to pay attention. Yeah. Um, that's actually what we did. Not that this is the question, but yeah. So what we did way early on in our marriage was, yeah. uh, what do we want our marriage to look like in 20 years? Wow. And we made a list. And then when we had kids, we said, what do we want our kids to look like when they go off into society, when they're 18 yeah. years old? Yeah. You know, what does success look like as parents? Yeah. Uh, and then we said, what do what do we want our marriage to look like when our kids leave? Wow. So we're, we're intentional about those things. I want to do a whole podcast on that. Uh, we won't <laughs> today, but that's fascinating because you, at the end of the day, you kind of look back, you look forward and you really analyze based on your values. Um, and you do that in your family and your personal life. If you don't do that, then how do you know where you're going? Well, and most people don't, they yeah. just start a new year. Yeah. Um, and they, they celebrate and they do the countdown at midnight and they start, start at the beginning. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, we don't do goals. It's not okay. like we say, we want to save this much money or we want to, you know, accomplish this or have, okay. we don't go out and set goals or resolutions. We say, okay. what do we want the year to look like? Huh. I'd like to travel a little more. Okay. Let's yeah. write that down. Maybe more traveling. Okay. I'd like to spend more time and let's start doing date nights. Let's have yeah. every Tuesday as our date night. Yeah. And so we just do it. Huh. That's good. That's good. I'm going to, I'm going to adopt 
that strategy. So Katie, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start start the new year different in in 2020. Uh, well, Ben, let's talk about fiscal year. Let's talk about finances a little bit in in, in an organization. Let's let's start with even understanding fiscal. So, what's the difference between a fiscal year and a calendar year? All right. So when when you start an organization, let's say you start in July. Yep. Uh, when you file your paperwork, they say, when do you want your fiscal year to be? Right. And a fiscal year is really, if it doesn't, if your year end doesn't follow the calendar year, yep. then you're on a fiscal year. Yep. So if you start your organization in July, you may say, July is our fiscal year end. Yep. Um, and so really what that means is I'm doing my budget every July yep. for, you know, August fiscal year beginning. Okay. Uh, you still file your taxes on a calendar year. Okay. So I've never really understood the concept of a fiscal year um, or the the reasoning behind it. I know in the church space, they often say, uh, you know, December is a big giving month because it's year end. So we don't, we don't want our fiscal year end to be right in the middle of the big of that time. Also doing a budget, during busy season, right around the holidays is complicated. So let's move our fiscal year to the middle of the summer yep. when it's easier to do these things. Um, and then let's, you know, December, January, et cetera. Those are just additional months. Yes. Um, my pushback would be it's, it's all just in the budget. Yeah. So you just create a budget that accommodates those fiscal or the, the financial ups and downs and accommodates the calendar and it shouldn't really make any difference, especially in the small business world. It just makes sense to make your fiscal year, the calendar year when you're going to file your taxes and just, so a lot of old, older churches are still on that fiscal year. Okay. And when churches come to us, we typically say we, we prefer that you not be on a fiscal year. Yep. And so we will work with them to do a part year budget and move to a calendar year. Yep. Just easier to do it. Yes, Make, makes a lot of sense, uh, and it's been confusing to me. And so I appreciate the clarity yeah. around that, and even the, the advice that you recommend to those organizations who are using that that split fiscal year and calendar year. So when it comes to starting to prepare for your fiscal year, and let's let's just say it's calendar year, yeah. when do you, when should you start preparing for the next fiscal year? I would say start preparing three months before fiscal year end. Okay. So uh, whatever that is, just yep. go back three months and that's when you start preparing. Yep. So it usually takes uh, three months to do a budget. Um, and so most of your fiscal year planning revolves around that budget process. Right. Um, the problem is if you take, if you, if you go back five months, you don't have enough of the year done to really uh, make an estimate of how you're going to end the year. Yep. So it's really hard to start a budget when you're only six months or seven months into the year. Yep. If you wait too long and you wait until you know November or yep. December to start your budget, yep. you have a lot more data so you can oftentimes be more accurate with your budget, yep. um, but you're, you're at crunch time. You're too far into the year and so you're scrambling to try to get things done. Yep. So we usually say give yourself three months to, you know, finish your budget and to do your year end planning and all your planning for next year and all okay. that stuff. Very good. So when, when you're from a budgeting, getting practical here in the budgeting process, when you have extra money or you have a deficit at the end of the year, how do you carry that over into the next fiscal year? What, what's a, 
it's a good plan or process around that. The, the better question is, do you carry that over yeah. to the next fiscal year? Yeah. So um, there, are, there are two schools of thought on this. And uh, colleges and universities, a lot of big, older nonprofits function on that kind of fund accounting model okay. uh, where they say, we put X dollars into your fund every month yep. for the year. And yep. if you don't use them, they roll over to the next year. It's yep. like a bank account. Yep. That's your fund. That's yep. what you have to spend. Uh, for most churches and nonprofits, we, we recommend that you completely get away from that model. Okay. Um, create a budget that you expect your employees and your staff to spend. Okay. So what I would argue is that if you get to the end of the year and you have extra money left in your budget, yep. then I would ask, were you able to accomplish all your goals? Yep. Because if you weren't able to accomplish all your goals and you have extra money in your budget, yep. then what happened? Why didn't you spend the money? Right. And why didn't you accomplish all of your goals? Yeah. I would much rather see people spend all their money and accomplish all their goals than not accomplish their goals and not spend their money. Yeah. So if you were able to accomplish your goals and you still had a surplus, yep. then we didn't somebody didn't do a great job budgeting. Yep. You know, or you did a great job controlling your spending. Yes. But you know, spend all your money yes. that's allocated to you if you're allowed to or if you yep. can yeah. and accomplish your goals. Yeah. So don't roll so that's my argument for not doing a fund accounting model. Okay. Uh, and not rolling money over from year over year. Yeah. Spend all the money you have. Interesting. Interesting. And, and then let's talk a little bit about effectively planning for changes, you know, as you go into a new year and, and how do you, you're planning for, for things like uh, salary increases or, or new technologies. How, how, do you, how do you effectively plan for just natural increases? Is it a percentage of your budget you should just annually expect or how do you, how do you effectively navigate and, and even planning for some of those unexpected expenses as well? Yeah, so we talked about some of this in the, the other podcast on budgeting. Yeah. And I would just encourage people to listen to that yeah. because we, we did a deeper dive on that. Yeah. But um, what you really should do is cast a vision for where you're going. Yes. And what do we want to accomplish as an organization this year? Yeah. And um, some of those things are capital expenses. Yeah. You know, the, those are the big purchases. Like yes. if you're a church, we need a new soundboard and it's going to yeah. be $50,000 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so plan for those. Uh, we like to ask people to come up with a list of things that you want yeah. and then a list of things that you need. Yes. So yeah. I have to have this yeah. in order to move in to next year and accomplish our our goals for next year. Yeah. I really like to have these things yeah. in order to accomplish our goals for next year. Yeah. Um, and the needs, the hope is that we have enough revenue or we're expecting enough increase in our revenue yeah. to accommodate the needs. Yes. Uh, and then we can look at everybody's kind of conclusive list yeah. of what do we want. And then the leadership of the organization can sort of prioritize those once. Yep. And then you can spend money on those once based upon the cash flow. If you're accomplishing your goals, yep. you're reaching your revenue numbers and your surplus numbers, paying down debt if you wanted to, or whatever your goals right. are, right. you know, then we can spend the money on these once that we have yes. and schedule those throughout the year. Yes. So prioritize those and say once we accomplish this, then we can buy the new soundboard. Yeah. You know, or whatever that looks like. What, what about bonuses? How, how do bonuses maybe fit into this? Do you budget for bonuses? Or is that more of a, if we hit these targets, then we'll give a percentage of to a bonus? How, 
How have you seen organizations effectively plan for bonuses? So in the church and nonprofit space, you yeah. have to be careful about how you talk about bonuses. Yeah. Um, there, you just want to be careful that you're not receiving donations that are yeah. specifically allocated to individuals. Yeah. So just be careful how you talk about bonuses in, okay. that, in that realm. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the small business space, the, the bonuses should basically be driven off of their revenue or their profitability goals, okay. usually. Yep. So you plan for bonuses based upon those two numbers, yep. and it should just be a factor of your cash flow. Yes. So as soon as we hit this number in top line revenue, yep. and this number in bottom line profitability, then we have enough money to pay out these bonuses, and here's how we're going to do it. It's yep. X percentage of this, Y percentage of that, yes. etc. So, uh, you know, understand the difference too. I would say between a bonus and a commission. Yep. So commissions are typically paid based upon production, okay. and bonuses are paid based upon profitability or yes. you know reaching specific goals. Yep. You know, so bonuses are kind of that above and beyond thing. So it should be driven off of profitability yep. and uh, and that sort of thing. But but plan for those sort of things. And same with raises. Um, I will I will admit uh, that that our organization and the way we compensate people, we don't do a great job of giving people raises. Okay. Uh, people are usually compensated based upon their production volume. Yep. Um, and so they may they may make more money this year than they did last year. Yep. Um, but it is not, it has not been good for morale in the organization hmm. because they say, well, I'm doing more work, I'm getting paid more, but I'm not getting an additional benefit or an additional hmm. raise for that work. Yep. And so that's one of our goals for this year is how can we, how can we implement a better, uh, uh, you know, employee increase or pay increase yep. uh, model than, than we've done the past 10 or 11 years, honestly. Yeah, and I, and I think I've been a part of organizations that you have, I mean, most of the time you have no idea, but but I've been a part of other, other organizations where either there is no pay raises, nobody get, ever gets a pay raise, or it's a standard 3%, and everybody just every year you get your 3% raise, no matter how good you are, how bad you are, you're gonna get 3% every year, easy to budget for, but maybe necessarily, not necessarily effective for really creating who came up with the whole three percent idea <laughs> i have no idea i think me. they i think that somebody at some point determined our economy is growing by three percent every year yeah. and so people need a three percent quote unquote cost of living cost increase, of living increase. so let's increase. give them three percent but i think it's a totally arbitrary number yes if you look at our economy it, I, I don't know if it's right i think yeah. somebody just came up with it so i would say let's come up with a better a better plan for increases. Yes. Let's just not say here's three percent. Let's say, you know, you've done this, and so we want to we want to reward you or you know yes. compensate you more because you've done such a good job. Yes. So what you're saying is people should bonus in Bitcoin. Is is that that what I'm hearing you say? I'll take a Bitcoin. You take Bitcoin. <laughs> that's a that's a tangent conversation. I'm, we're not really saying bonus in Bitcoin. <laughs> Yet, although we might in the future, uh, but we'll leave that conversation yeah. to the future. Then, as, as we wrap up this podcast, let's, let's talk about how, how you wrap up your fiscal year. How, do, how does somebody cleanly wrap up a fiscal year and start a new one? Is it like that last day, first day? What's that process? Okay, so think about it like this. Uh, when I first started in my career, yep. uh, everything was paper. Yes. So the bank would literally send us a box every month with the checks that cleared last month. Okay. So we'd get a banker's box yeah. with thousands of checks in it. Yeah. And here's all your voided checks, the checks that cleared last month. Yeah. Uh, and so 
the concept was at the end of the year, and oftentimes even at the end of the month for bigger countries, but at the end of the year, you would take all those boxes and you'd say, okay, we're gonna send these 200 boxes off to the storage unit, because yep. we gotta keep those for you know five years or seven yep. years or whatever it was. Yep. And then the boxes that are seven years old that we can destroy, we're gonna send those to the shred yep. company and they're gonna shred those. Yep. And so that was sort of your process. You take all your accounts payable files, yep. send them to storage, you take all, all your accounts receivable papers, all your checks, everything, and you kind of do this rotation. Yep. Um, I think that needs to happen digitally now. Yep. And so when we come to a fiscal year end with our customers, we say, okay, we're gonna close out your AP files. Yep. We're gonna move those to the 2018 folder or the 2019 folder. We're gonna start a new 2020 folder. Okay. And this is gonna contain all the files for 2020. Okay. Um, and we're gonna take you know, all of your accounts payable records within the accounting system. We're gonna go through and we're gonna say, who is on the list that we didn't pay this year. Yep. And we're gonna archive those people, yep. those vendors, okay. and which customers do we still have on the list that we haven't done work with, we're gonna archive them. Okay. We sort of just clean everything up. Yep. So we say we haven't done work with these guys, we're gonna archive those, you know, we're gonna you know, kind of archive the files, the digital files on the server, and we're just gonna prep everything. So now we've got all the 2020 paperwork ready to go, yep. digitally of course. Yes. And you know we've paid all these people this year, and so we're going to keep them in the system for another year. Yep. Um, but really, this should be your chance to kind of uh, do a number of things. But really, look at what are our goals for next year. Yep. Where do we want to be? Kind of like I do with my family. Where yep. do we want to be? Yep. Um, and you know, what are some things that we want to do as an organization? What are some things that we need? Yes. Create a budget around that, uh, and then prepare your operation systems your accounting files, your legal files, as we've talked about in other podcasts, like yep. you know, your legal prep work, and just get yourself ready and set up for another year. Yes. Uh, and then start off January or your new fiscal year, whatever you decide, kind yep. of on the right foot and pre you know, prepared for what you want to accomplish. Yep, so, so you're preparing three months in advance. Uh, should you look to close the books at three months? I, I, I hear people say, we closed our books on last year in June. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. how, how far is too far to let it go to make sure that you've been thorough or is it as long as it needs to be? So uh, if you're a small business, you have to close your books in time for your tax, tax. return. Yeah. Uh, if you're a publicly traded company, you have to, you have SEC filing, yeah. so you've got to file these yeah. things. And um, so a church and a nonprofit or a church is, is usually uh, you know, a little bit more flexible. Yeah. A nonprofit, they have their tax returns are usually due around you know May yeah. timeframe. Yeah. So, um, you know, oftentimes that kind of your books are closed, you know, in time for tax returns. Yeah. Um, but from an operational perspective, your books should be closed within 15 days after the end of the month. Okay. So December month end is yep. no different from July month end. Yep. July should be done by August 15th. December yep. should be done by January 15th. Yep. Uh, and that's just how it should be done. Yep. There isn't, an, if you're a nonprofit in, or a church and you have an audit, there's some additional journal entries that need okay. to be made. Okay. And that's kind of a complicated thing, but that can sometimes be done after your books are closed. Yeah. Uh, so finish your, your year end by January 15th. Or about 15 days after your fiscal year end. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great advice. And I hope if you're listening, uh, and whenever it is you're listening, start planning in advance. Uh, and so as you go into this next year, if you hadn't done that in the past, start preparing for your fiscal year earlier 
uh, and be prepared to make that transition and, and to do it uh, in a clean way. And it will, it will make your year that much better. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. To learn more about Dime and how Dime can simplify your business, go to simpledime.com. If you would, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you might be listening. 